is Christine Conti, and you are listening to best-selling author of Split Second Courage. What if your fears were the key to your dreams? That's right, everyone. Available on Amazon right now as an ebook or paperback. Grab your copy today and unleash your inner superhero. What is holding you back from living the life you truly deserve? It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. We're both really pumped right now. <laughs> we got it's like a, giddy. We got a real live wire for you here on this oh one. Oh my gosh. I, all right. So we were actually supposed to have this guest a while ago and, and I was so pumped and then we had to just, we had to I cancel. had to cancel. Yeah. No, it was my fault. But it, you totally should have been at your son's wrestling. It was my son's very totally. first wrestling match of his life. The eight year old got down and dirty on the mat and he's loves it and it's fun. And I just, I was like, I have to bail on I this know. one. And I, I was a little bit heartbroken, but knowing we got, we got him for a different date. So I was like, okay. But, um, would you think of uh, Mr. Bedros Kulian? I loved it. I think he's the type of guy that would understand if I missed it because of a, yep. my kid's wrestling totally. match. Uh, but, yeah, fantastic. Uh, uh, you know, just, um, you know, I talk a, a, a lot about growth and, and uh, you know, and how we, you know, even talk a little bit uh, during the interview about adversity and how most of my growth has come from my adversity and whether it's stuff like self-inflicted adversity, like training for races and running races or, you know, marathon or whatever it right is. Right with you. Right yeah, with you right, on that right. one. Right, Christine and I mm-hmm. are... are uh, uh, have a spirit of kinship with that. But that's what we're talking about today, right? It's about doing the hard stuff. It's about, you know, manning up, uh, but not in the way that you would, you know, imagine like a, you know, tough guy man up. No. You know, this is about humaning up. And uh, uh, Bejos is fantastic. Um, I really enjoyed this. This was good for me. I said, like I said, uh, goosebumps on several occasions throughout the conversation. So if our listeners have no idea who we're talking about. Bedros actually immigrated here in 1980 from Russia. His dad was a part of the Communist Party. See, I paid attention. Mm-hmm. Dad was a part of the Communist Party and legally, you know, they went through Italy and wound up coming to the United States and literally they were in survival mode is what is really what this is. No resources, they were, you know, broke broken poor and living in you know one bedroom apartments five of them and you know dad working three jobs mom and and brother and sister working all these different jobs and you know he was he didn't speak about it on the show but he actually they got food because he was the dumpster diver that was what he would do to get food for the family and he talks about you know what i think is amazing is that through and he says this that what was a sad thing for me is now a superpower for me, what he's been through. And we talk about this all the time and he's going to get into, you know, all of the things that he has done. He's, you know, CEO running companies um, has literally gone rags to riches, but it's not easy. And, you know, he has a book called man up and it's, it's like when I get upset and I want to just shake someone and be like, I, here's what you should do. But if you're not going to do it for yourself, I can't help you. And he really gets into this and the six pillars and this conversation is not to be missed is all I have to say. I'm with you, Christine. Let's get to it. Let's just roll it out and listen to this one because uh, this one will change you for certain. Yeah. And, uh, no crop dusters, only fighter jets. Fighter jets only. All right, Two Fit Crazy in a Microphone podcast. Here we go.
have the one and only Pedro's Coolian with us today. How are you doing? I am doing well, guys. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, pleasure to be here. All right. So as y'all heard on our intro, Pedro's is kind of a big deal. The kind guy, of a big the guy deal. that does it all. Yeah. And before we get into everything, and for those of you who have not heard of him, it, this is this is your chance. This is your lucky day for our listeners around the world. And the first thing I want to say is that um, my dad used to work on fighter jets. So your whole, um, hey, what are you, a crop duster or a fighter jet? Yeah, you're talking to a fighter jet over here. <laughs> and um, I, I could tell. You have some pretty amazing stories. And I love the fact that, you know, you have the rags to riches story. You've got the American dream story. And you are not afraid to tell people, listen, you know, put your panties on and man up and go out and do something. I love that. I love it. I was just talking to Brian before. I'm like, oh, one of my friends. I'm like, mm. like I can't help you if you don't want to help yourself. And mm. I'm really excited to uh, to dive into this with you today. So where are you coming to us from? Uh, well, currently I'm coming to you guys from Chino Hills, California, uh, beautiful Southern California. It's about 72 degrees out there. Everything's green. And uh, people ask me why I live in Southern California with the crazy taxes and all that stuff. And I always remind them that I'm willing to pay a 13.5% luxury tax to have a better lifestyle for me and my family. We're at the Jersey Shore, so we're right there with you, except it's yeah, like it. 30 degrees here. <laughs> it was thirty. Okay. It was it was 31 on my run this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, it's coming though, right? Summer's coming. Summer's coming. Oh, my gosh. So I've been, I've been pumped to, to talk to you for a while um, because, all right, we're here. Our whole podcast has been fitness, wellness, inspiring people just to do healthier things and to get out there and learn about things that, you know what, a lot of people don't have billion dollar marketing, you know, behind them. So let's, let's get some, uh, let's get some networking going. Let's get some, some more information out to the masses. And I need you to help educate our listeners about getting off their ass and doing things that they think they can't do. And starting from, you came here in 1980, and go. So, <laughs> I like that, and go. But no, in all, in all seriousness, like imagine this. Imagine if you go to a country where you don't understand the language, you don't speak the language, you don't understand the culture, you're broke, you are living in someone's apartment, you and a family of, uh, and your family of five, are living in someone's apartment for 30 days. He's given you one room out of his apartment for all five of you and says, you have 30 days and after that you have to go. Um, so what really happened is June 16, 1980, I was six years old. My dad decided that we were going to escape the Soviet Union. And on that day, June 16, 1980, we came into the United States legally because we escaped into Italy from the Soviet Union. We spent 10 days in Rome, Italy, um, broke and trying to persuade the American consul to let us into the United States legally because my dad was a member of the Communist Party and he was defecting. And if he had been caught, he would have been shipped off to Siberia. So me being six years old, the youngest of the family, I had a 19-year-old brother uh, and a 22-year-old sister and my mom and dad. When we came to the United States, my dad only knew one guy and that guy said, hey, I'll let you stay at my apartment um, you can have the other bedroom for 30 days after that. You guys have to go. Uh, so we were living in Section 8 housing, didn't speak the language, didn't understand the culture. We were broke and we were poor. Um, and I'll explain the difference to your audience, because poor is when you have no money, you have no resources. Broke is a state of mind. Like when we got here, we realized that like it's not what we thought we had heard America's freedom and opportunity and all these great things. And it absolutely is. 
once you assimilate and understand the language, the culture, and how to add value. And so when you're broke, you are in this kind of negative, broke state of mind where you feel like I'm never going to get ahead in life. Because within the first six months, I probably heard my dad say, we seem to be running out of money before we run out of months, like at least 10 to 15 times a month. Because once we moved into Section 8 housing after our first 30 days, um, yes, it was government-assisted housing. It was one of those things where my dad had multiple jobs to make ends meet. My older brother and older sister had jobs, uh, yet we still couldn't make enough money to make it happen. And so we kept getting evicted from one apartment, going to another and to another. In fact, uh, growing up, I went to three elementary schools, two junior highs and two high schools um, before we finally settled down. So you could imagine quite the journey there. Uh, but that also gave me the opportunity to make a lot of friends, to be able to connect quickly with people as I went to different schools and lived in the different apartment complexes. What I thought was a sad thing for me then became a superpower for me now because I have the ability to build rapport and make connections very quickly because I didn't know how long I was going to be in that apartment complex or at that school before we get kicked out and, and, and have to move again. But I share all this with you guys because – when people are like, man, you're the American dream. You're the rags to riches story. Um, I, I am. I feel like I'm the Cinderella man. But I also feel like the American dream has never been more available than ever before. Because I have to constantly remind people today, today in 2022, that if you have an idea, if you have a product or an idea or a service that you want to sell or you want to make some side hustle cash, you have some kind of a device, a phone or an Android phone that you can create content on and social media platforms like Google and, and YouTube and Instagram, Facebook, TikTok will let you make how-to content, like how to make more money, how to sell real estate, how to cook, how to do whatever. And these how-to videos will end up bringing the right audience for you for free that you could send to a website like WordPress that is free and write sales copy and then hook up your PayPal button that's free and make money. Like the barrier to entry into the American dream is easier than ever, yet everyone thinks that the good old days are gone. Yes, the way life was is different, um, but the good old days are still ahead of us if you see life through the lens of optimism instead of pessimism. So all this to say that my dad told me one thing. He's like, hey, man, we're in a great country, and you're going to be the one that's going to be able to grow up and make a ton of money and help a lot of people with that money as long as you do one thing, and that is serve the people. And the best way I knew how to serve the people was to find problems that existed and to solve them. For example, I was a fat kid growing up. I was intimidated by going to the gym. I knew that as I grew up and became a personal trainer, once I got in shape and all that, I became a personal trainer. I still knew there was a big segment of the population that hated going to the gym, was intimidated by it. So I created Fit Body Bootcamp, our franchise, where we now have over 600 locations worldwide. I just solved the problem that existed. And then there was a problem with supplements where people were like, hey, I don't want to take these supplements because they have fillers and artificial sweeteners and all these chemicals. So I was like, all right, there's a market out there that's willing to pay a little bit more for a higher quality supplement that they can feed to their kids, to their family without any negative repercussions. I'll create truly supplements. Boom, became an eight-figure company in two years. Um, I saw that in the last three, four years, especially that men are under attack. Masculinity is under attack. So I created this thing called the modern day night project where men who want to become modern day knights can go and go through this crucible experience through a, with a Navy SEAL, a Marine, myself, uh, a former SWAT operator and an MMA fighter coaching them for 75 hours. And those who graduate the course are part of a brotherhood. Uh, where we focus on faith, family, fitness, and finance. Like all I do in life is just see where the problems are and go, am I compelled to fix it? Then if the answer is yes, then I will charge money 
in exchange for providing the solution. And voila, the American dream is made. But people somehow think that this foreigner that came to the United States has some magical touch. Motherfucker, I have to remind them (laughs) that I've got ADD and OCD. English is a second language for me. I've got all, I get sweaty palms when I get nervous. I've never had to, like, had formal training. I barely graduated high school dropped out of college in 32 days, and I'm the guy that's got magical powers? Are you fucking kidding me? That's Elon Musk. I'm just a guy that has work ethic and knows how to solve problems in exchange for money so everyone can achieve the American dream. <laughs> do, do you know that Bedros is my new best friend? <laughs> I just want to let you know. I got, I got sweaty palms there's, too. There's so much. Uh, before we get into this, how – how does one like Christine get to do this crucible thing? Because I, you know, it's the modern day sign. night. It's I know it's men, but like, damn it, like mm, we get into that. Is it, is it open you to the sisters, I, Christine? You know what I tell women when they reach out to me when I put up a post about the project, the modern day night project? They're like, man, you should do a film for women. I'm like, hey, you know what? I don't, but you should be the one to start it. And I have yet to see a woman say like. Fucking A, I'm going to get up and start it. And any woman that wants to start their own version of it, I will coach them up for free because I think y'all need one. But I'm not going to be the one to start it, and I'm not about to welcome women to it because it's a very exclusive thing for men where men can open up and talk about it. And the moment a woman comes around a group of men, our assholes pucker, and we don't show up the way we need to, which is vulnerability. All right. Challenge accepted. I want to get into Ooh. modern day night and, and fit body boot camp and all these things uh, in a second. And but- crazy is my superpower. <laughs> so just be careful. Uh, <laughs> so you didn't have the cell phone when all this took off. So, uh, right. you know, how, how did it, you know, you didn't have the American dream sitting in your pocket, uh, you know, with the ability to, to make re- money and, and, and attach your paywalls and all those things to it. How, how did you go about it? What did, uh, what was like boots on the ground? Like for you starting out? Dude, I'm so glad you asked. So so check this out. Um, high school. All I wanted to do was lose 30 pounds in high school. Senior year, uh, well, senior year of high school was about to come. It was a year away. So 11th grade. I'm like, if I can lose about 30, 40 pounds, I'll have enough confidence to ask Nakaya out to the prom, right? <laughs> so, bro, I was such a loser that no one wanted to hang out with me. But in science class, in science class, I had a science partner and he was one of the jocks on the football team. And so he was really popular. Uh, His name was Dave and he was really popular, but outside of science class, he wouldn't talk to me. So in science class, I'm like, Hey man, I know you work out. You're in great shape. I want to look like you. So I can ask Nakaya to the prom. What do I need to do? He goes, well, after school, I'll take you into the school gym. I'm like, shoot, I'm in. I was nervous. I remember the bar being wobbly and unable to actually lift any decent weight. And but I went the second day and the third day and basically he kind of coached me and mentored me. And before you know it, I started reading muscle magazines and learning how to not eat cereal four times a day and start eating things like tuna and potatoes and vegetables are actually good for me. And, you know, being younger that summer, I lost my 30, about 35, 36 pounds, came back senior year, a new man like I had confidence I was making eye contact with people. Everyone's like, man, you look amazing and you've changed. But I didn't have enough confidence to ask Nakaya to the prom. So I never made it to the prom. But working out and eating clean completely changed me internally more than externally. I had a positive mental attitude because I was a bit of a curmudgeon. I was um, negative. I was pessimistic. I just never saw the cup as half full. It was always half empty for me. And so all of a sudden, I see the the silver lining around across the, the, the dark clouds. And I realized that, that fitness was a gateway drug, that when you physically change and become the best version of yourself, you start seeing the world through the lens of optimism, right? And so I was like, man, I think I'm going to go to college. So this is what happens. Like, gee, therefore, I'm going to go to college and get a degree where I can become a personal trainer and help others. Well, 32 days into college, I dropped out because that wasn't for me. But I did read in the back of Flex Magazine and those little fractional ads they have in the very, very back pages, like along with the Viagra offers, <laughs> that says, get certified as a personal trainer and make $100 an hour. So I went and got A certified because I did the math. Well, if there's eight hours in a working day, if I just train six clients at 100 bucks, that's 600 bucks a day, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a millionaire, right? <laughs> yeah. So I went and got certified. 
as a personal trainer. By the way, it took me four rounds to get to pass the A certification. So I was never a great, you know, student, obviously. But what I found was I found myself working as a personal trainer at LA Fitness in La Habra, California for $11.30 an hour. And I only had three clients. And because of that, I had to also work as a bouncer at a gay bar because the gay bar paid more than the straight bar. And I worked at Disneyland as a, as a busboy and a fry cook at Carnation Cafe Restaurant on Main Street. Mm-hmm. So I had two other jobs to make ends meet because I was so passionate about training people. But I realized I knew nothing about sales and marketing. And the three clients that I had at LA Fitness literally came to me and I just took their order. I didn't sell them. And the reason I know that is because one of those three clients, his name is Jim Franco, and Jim Franco says, hey, uh, just so you know, you're horrible at what you do, which is why you have two side jobs. I'm like, I'm a horrible trainer? He goes, no, you're a horrible salesman. I go, I'm not a salesman. I'm a trainer. He goes, everybody's a salesperson, and the product or service that they have is what they're selling. I'm like, holy crap. So step number one was to get a mentor. I realized that the first time around in 11th grade when Dave took me into the gym and showed me the way. The second time around, I realized that if I wanted to quit my job as a bouncer and a fry cook at Disneyland, that I needed to get mentoring by Jim Franco, my client. So I said, if I offer you a fourth workout every week for free, can I then start picking your mind on sales and marketing? And he taught me and gave me so much confidence because he was an entrepreneur. Um, In fact, he's now in his 80s and we're still friends. This was 20 four years ago, right? And uh, he he gave me so much confidence. He said, why don't you open up your own personal training studio and I'll give you a loan. You can pay back the loan and I'll be your 50-50 business partner. And so that led to opening up my first gym. So, you know, when people go, well, boots on the ground, what was the strategy you used? Well, the strategy was simple. Someone's already gotten the results that you want in whatever category. Dave was already in great shape. Why am I going to go and try and figure it out when Dave could take me to the gym and help me, mentor me, and help me time collapse, right? Jim Franco had already won his financial security and freedom. I wanted a piece of that, but I wanted it to come from fitness. So he taught me the same marketing strategies he uses in his automotive software company on how to market and sell, and I was able to do that on the gym floor. And all of a sudden, within three months, I quit my two jobs because I had enough clients that were sustaining me. He saw that I took action and then he bet on me by giving me a loan at 9%, by the way, an obscene interest rate. (laughs) And after I paid him back the loan, I still had him as a 50-50 business partner, which also taught me how to negotiate right the next time around. (laughs) He was a shark. So, but I share this with you because someone out there has already like success leaves clues. And instead of, Learning from the people who have already learned or achieved what you want to achieve, we start beating our head against the wall trying to figure it out. Someone's already beat the path. Just take the path. And the other thing I'm going to tell you about that is that everybody, no matter what their goal is, fitness, uh, relationship, like an awesome and amazing relationship, uh, business, whatever it is, you want to be a better parent. Everyone overestimates how much they could do in one year. And they underestimate how much they could achieve in five to 10 years. Because I can tell you as a, as, a, as a man who's married, I'm a better husband today, like 18 years into my marriage, than I was when I first met my wife and got married because, hey, man, I was selfish, like most people are. And her life patterns didn't fit well with my life patterns. So we constantly fought. But I've learned to soften up the rough edges in life. And so we always tend to overestimate what we can achieve in a year and we underestimate what we can achieve in five to 10 years. And those two things, I just rinse and repeat. It's not sexy, but it's made me a multimillionaire have helped me won my financial freedom in life. I love that you just said that because a lot of the people that are listening to this show are fitness professionals, people that are fitness enthusiasts, those people that you know, we're like Brian and I in other lives where, you know, this ain't, you know, this ain't our first rodeo. This is, you know, our second, third, we made it careers because we took that chance and we realized, all right, you know what? We get it. It's, it's not going to be easy right away, but this is what we love. This is what we want to do. And guess what? No one's patient. 
I'm not patient. You know, I left my last job and I'm like, you know what? This is, I'm taking a huge pay cut, but I know that I'm giving myself, you know, three years to, you know, make it because guess what? You can't just leave one job and be like, oh, you know what? I'm a, I'm an instant success. It's not. It's like you said, you hit, you know, you've got to set realistic goals for that year. But knowing that, you know what, if you really haven't done anything within three to five years, okay, then that's a really big problem. But what is it that you set out to do? And that I think is, is really important for, uh, for everyone to, to hear, not just in the fitness industry, but like we talk about it all the time. We talk about business and selling and marketing. I don't care if you're selling freaking potatoes or lemonade on the street. Like, this is information you need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, here, here's the reality of it. And, and, you know, I work with gym owners all the time. And even before starting Fit Body Bootcamp, I was a coach and consultant to the fitness industry, personal trainers and gym owners. And I was always befuddled how they were like, uh, I don't know if I want to pay for coaching or come to your live event or come to a workshop. Oh, okay, wise guy. That makes sense to me. How do you feel when someone says, well, I want to lose weight, get in shape and be lean and jacked and flexible or whatever the thing is. But uh, I think I'm going to keep trying it on my own, even though I continue to fail. Like, it's like, dude, isn't the definition of insanity trying the same stupid thing over and over again and achieving the same results? Maybe you ought to get a coach. If you are willing to be a coach to someone, you ought to be willing to also be coachable. But that's also the dichotomy of humanity. Uh, We don't always make sense. How much of that is fear? How much of it's insecurity? How much of it is naiveness or naivety? Naivete. Naivete. Um, okay. you know, yeah. <laughs> he got me there. Uh, um, you know, how much of it, where does that come from? I mean, you know, the fact that they don't want to pony up and, 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 you know, and, and give a bit of themselves to somebody who can help them. I don't think it's necessarily fear or being naive. I think it's more that the people who aren't willing to pony up the money deep down inside know that they have a proclivity to inaction. Right. And so they know that because look, if they know my background, they know I can literally guide most all. How about this? I'm just going to fucking say it. I can buy guide any business to success, to massive success, so long as they know what success looks like and can translate it to me, right? Um, and so, and of course, you go to any of my websites, whether it's a Fit Body Bootcamp website, my coaching website, whatever, and I'm sure the same for you guys. There's tons of social proof that shows that you have guided people to success. So clearly, people aren't scratching their head going, God, I wonder if these two can really help me get results. Right. There's obviously social proof testimonials and results all over the interwebs for you about you guys. So the reality is that they know that they continue to let themselves down. They have no credibility with themselves. They are the types of people who are hitting the snooze button. See, they don't keep a promise to themselves, right? What they do is the night before they go, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. I'm going to be the best damn coach on the planet or trainer or whatever the vocation is right and then at five o'clock the alarm hits and they hit the snooze button and they sleep in what they did is they stacked a l instead of a w and as we talked about earlier about crop dusters and fighter jets the fighter jet minded person is someone who's willing to go to battle go to war and win that battle the crop duster is like oh i can get around to it tomorrow they procrastinate they put things off they they have no credibility with themselves. So when it's time to pony up the money, they go, uh-oh, that little voice in the back of their head goes, hey, you're the guy that hits the snooze button. You're the guy that says you're going to do something and you don't follow through. You have no credibility and rapport with yourself. So don't waste this money because you're not going to take their advice. And that's why they say, no, I need to think about it, whatever, have doubt. But really, they're just full of shit, <laughs> in my opinion. That's <laughs> beautiful. No, that's, the, that's the person that talks to you. That's your assistant that sits on your shoulder. That's like, I'm going to sabotage this bitch. Yep. Yeah. The board, this is, yeah. the board. The inner critic, right? We all have an advocate within us. And we all have an inner critic within us. Um, and the more you listen to the inner critic, the louder it gets. The more you muffle it the louder the advocate gets. It's just the question is, like you said, who are you going to allow to sit on your shoulder? Yeah. I, um, 
I grew up with the whole talk of like F-14s and E-2Cs <laughs> and the bomber. Like that's that really spoke to me with the fighter jets. I have mm. to say that. I loved it. And that is just something people don't, you know, people don't always realize how powerful that is. And, you know, whether it's a Mack truck and a pickup truck, like I don't care what you're trying to use right now, but let's, you know, think about what that means to people, which takes us into, which I want you to talk about is your book and it's man up and really funny side story that I have to tell you this. I went to Cancun for the first time with my husband, like a long time ago. And all I wanted to do, you know, from growing up is to go to Cancun one day and go on this like tour, this bus tour where it hits all the bars or whatnot. <laughs> Don't ask. Okay. It was like a, I was Zero in my, I was in life, my 20s. Life goals. Right? So I'm in my 20s, life goals, right? So we get to this, like one of the last places and it was like club whatever, you know, my whole high school childhood. I was like, I always wanted to go to this place. We get there. My husband is so, let's just say he partied a little too much before. All I wanted to do was go in. And he's sitting on the bus and I see his eyes kind of roll back and I go, here's what's going to happen. We are going into this place. You are going to go into the bathroom. You're going to make yourself sick. You're going to do whatever you need to do. You're going to man yourself up and you're going to come back out here and we're going to stay at this place and have a good time. And I, I it, it never – honestly, my whole life, that's like the best story because whenever someone says man up, they're like, oh, my God. I'm like, this, man up. this is fantastic. The speech, rally. the speech I gave my husband in Cancun. But honestly, it relates because it's a – it's your action. So I need you to tell our listeners, number one, they need to read this. Number two, give them the whole title. Sure, sure. So so, so Man Up is really, it's it's Man Up, Cut the Bullshit, and uh, you know, raise yourself in, to higher standards in business and in life. But the, the bigger thing about Man Up is, and it's funny, it came out in 2018. If you remember back in 2018, um, it was all about the Me Too movement. Harvey Weinstein was touching every female actress uh, across Hollywood. And then you had um, Bill Cosby being a pervert and a creep. And so it was a whole Me Too movement. And so I, it accidentally got me a lot of negative press because like, man up, that's the problem with masculinity. They just overstepped their boundaries. And that, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's human up to your highest potential as in mankind, as you know, we would all agree that as humans, we have higher standards and higher expectations of ourselves. Like I don't go smelling another human's ass like my dog would, <laughs> right? Because I have higher standards for myself. They go, yeah, I go, so we want to human up to our higher level, man or woman. And so what I would tell myself when I was operating at a state of mediocrity as a leader, as a husband, as a father, and I wasn't like going around beating my wife and kids or anything, but I knew I had greater potential than I was. And I was like, dude, man up and have that conversation with your business partner. Man up and have that conversation with your team member. Man up and show up on time to uh, a date with your wife, right? Like I would, I would always do last minute things and then I'd be – my wife and kids would always suffer – in exchange for the other woman in my life, which was my business. See, what a lot of men don't realize is we court our wives and we want them, or I guess when they're our girlfriends, we court them and then we want them to become our wives. And then the next thing that happens is we find this either a hobby or a career or a business and it becomes the other wife, the other woman. And so for me, uh, that was operating in a state of mediocrity. So once I realized that, it was like these constant man up conversations, like human up to your higher potential. And so when I wrote the book, Man Up, Cut the Bullshit and Dominate in Business and in Life, it was really about the six pillars of high performance that I was able to tap into uh, that helped me go from mediocre to an extraordinary entrepreneur, husband, father. I got even leaner. Like as I got older, I'm 47 years old now, I am leaner than I was at 38, right? And so I share that with you because we all know what our greater purpose and potential is, but we find excuses why we can't do it. We're too busy. I don't have time. I don't know how. I don't have enough money. You have more of whatever you want. What you don't have is the desire, but no one's, and the discipline, the two Ds, but no one's willing to come out and say that because, well, then that means all fingers are pointing at you. Um, so when I wrote Man Up, it was really about the six pillars of, of high performance, of being a higher level human, 
a fighter jet of a human instead of a crop duster of a human. And the Me Too movement in 2018 really helped um, turn it into a national bestseller, which was awesome and exciting. Um, but my the, the whole story behind the book was my five-year journey of going from a mediocre human to an extraordinary human simply by using these six pillars of um, high performance. Give them to us. What are they? Uh, well, how about I give you the first and the last, and we'll let your audience. There you uh, go. Get the get, yeah, get, man, man up and get the book. Right. Well, not only that, but I want to be able to respect your guys' time and not take up four hours of your okay, time. Okay, fair but enough. Appreciate it. Pillar number one, pillar number six. Pillar number one is self-discipline, and here's why. Everyone who wants to be a leader, whether a leader of your family, leader at work, leader in your business, it's like, hey, to be a leader, people have to start doing what I say. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before that happens, you have to start doing what you say. And if you say you're going to wake up on time and drink 30 ounces of water and not hit the snooze button, get to the gym on time, you better be congruent with the person that you say you are. So pillar number one is self-discipline. See, everybody wants to skip pillar number one and go on to pillar number two because, well, self-discipline, that means I got to I got to lead myself first. I want to just lead others. I want to tell others what to do. But listen, that's called being a hypocrite, <laughs> right? And people have greater respect this is true. The studies show over and over again, uh, the most recent study showed that a felon who pays his debt to society has greater respect by society than someone who's a hypocrite, says one thing but lives another life, right? And so if we're going to start trying to lead people and on social media be influencers or thought leaders or whatever the fuck you want to call them today, are you living like the way you're preaching? Are you as lean as you expect others to be? Are you as dialed in in your habits, behaviors, standards, expectations, in your manners? If you're not, pillar number one is about self-discipline. Get your shit in line before you start expecting it of others. And then jumping down to pillar number six, pillar number six is about being building a high performance team. Because while I mentioned Fit Body Bootcamp and we're, you know, we're on the one of the nation's fastest growing fitness franchises and on the Inc. 5000 list and Entrepreneur Magazine's five, uh, 200 top growing franchises and all these things and truly supplements and my book and all these things. Like there's an army of people who work with me to accomplish this. I just happen to be the face of it. But it's the team that makes it happen. When I had employees, when I had employees, employees clocked in a little little late, clocked out a little early, and did the bare minimum to maintain employment. Now that I've got a high-performing team around me, and that high-performing team starts with my wife, and then my wife and kids, and then my team members here at HQ, I can't even bring myself to call them employees. They're team members. Because the team, unlike employees, have a very clear vision of what a win looks like and they fight every day to win where employees just like i said clock in a little late clock out a little early do the bare minimum to maintain employment just kind of keep the plate spinning but never really finish the thing so if you have a high performing team that is in line with you on board with the vision and the only way they're going to be in line with you on board with the vision is if you are the kind of leader that leads from the front and so everywhere in between that, there's, you know, being a better communicator is another pillar. Being decisive is another pillar. Emotional resilience, et cetera, which we can go deep into. But I imagine you guys probably have more questions than we have time. <laughs> um, there are so many questions. First off, let's let's go back to pillar one for a second. Sure. Um, listeners, everybody out there right now who is trying to sell something, I mean, we'll this is this is life. We're trying to sell something. And Brian and I talk a lot about, you know, we're going to solve all your problems. Mm. Trust me, I have the answer. I have the pill. I have the here, this exercise. The white knight. Yes, whatever it is. I have this. Now, usually this whatever, you know, who has this is not walking the walk. They're not Mm, they're not walking. The, they're throwing shit against the, the wall on your Instagram or your uh, your LinkedIn inbox. How yeah. in the and it, it makes me crazy. And that's why I think. I mean, I know it's why I do it, and Brian has as well. Um, we do a lot of crazy things athletically, you know, with in the name of health and and put ourselves out there. Whether we do well or we fail, we do it, and you see what what we're going through because we put our asses on the line and. 
there's so many people that do not. How do you, what would you say to someone that is looking all over social media and Instagram and they're seeing all of this just here, trust me, trust me. How do you find, how, how do they see through the, you know, the dust and the dirt and the garbage to get sure. to the true people out there that know what they're talking about? You know, that that's such a good question. Here's here, Here's why. And this is worth talking about. The reality is for you find the right person for $5,000, you can get the blue check mark. For about $500 more, you can get 10 to 15,000 fake followers on social media. Now you go and you do a pay about $600 for a day and you bring a whole bunch of clothes with you uh, to a cool destination and you can do an awesome photo shoot. And all of a sudden you have, oh, and then go and snoop around on, I don't know, Tony Robbins's uh, Instagram and YouTube channel for a few days and take some notes. And now you can start pumping out inspirational quotes and take (laughs) credit for it. So now you're an authority and an expert. And how am I going to tell that person from this person? So the reality is the consumer is fucked unless, unless they do one thing, which is understand these two things. One, understand you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. Like there's nothing more expensive than the cheapest product because you have to keep replacing it over and over again. And one of my coaching clients, Lauren Hubbard, she's a registered dietitian. Uh, she's like, hey, man, I don't want to tell you who I coached with, although I knew you about you. I didn't want to pay the $50,000 coaching fee with you, so I paid $10,000 to coach with this person. Nine months in, I realized I'm just spinning my wheels. So now she paid 50000 uh, 50, plus 10000 to that guy, so $60,000, right? And lost about a year of time. And so you get what you pay for, number one. And number two, ask for social proof because the one thing that they can't buy with money is actual testimonials, real results. And whether you're a gym owner, whether you're a business coach, whether you're a great chef, like you can't go buy a Michelin star. You can't go buy 5,000 four and a half star Yelp reviews. So look up testimonials, results, ask them for a referral and so whenever I talk to people or my sales team talks to people, we at Fit Body Bootcamp, even we have validators, you know, 12 to 15 of our franchise owners who are from all different walks of life. Some are multi-location owners, some are black, some are white, some are Mexican, Asian, whatever, and live on different parts of the country because male or female, because if you come in and you're like, hey, female, East Coast, we're going to go, hey, talk to these three validators, Fit Body Bootcamp owners, and hear from them, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And when you have social proof, you can't be, you can't be faked. Uh, sadly, most people just go, well, that person has a great YouTube channel. They got followers. They got the blue check mark. They don't do that extra step and the price is right. And they don't follow that extra step of actually seeing, verifying. Ronald Reagan said it, trust but verify. Hey, I'm going to trust that you have a great Uh, that you have great experience, but I'm going to verify it by talking to a few of your coaching clients and see what their experience is. Um, That's really the only way because there's way too many charlatans out there. All right. I'm intrigued here. Uh, Modern day night. Tell us about that. What's, uh, what's it entail? Uh, 75 hours with, uh, with you guys. And uh, what am I looking at? Yeah. So it, if, if there was ever a business I didn't want to start, it was the Modern Day Night Project, if you, if you want to be frank about it. Um, so we're uh, next week, we're about to go into class 13. Uh, we have uh, five classes a year. So we're in our third year of it, uh, fourth year of it, sorry. And um, so when I wrote my book, Man Up, one thing that I started to do that really helped me become more disciplined and become the best version of myself is two or three times a year, I put myself through these six week challenges. Like my first six week challenge was I bought into this bullshit that I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm six foot, 230 pounds. And so I always bought this idea that God's built me to lift weights and I've got big traps and big thighs and wide back and I'm supposed to lift weights and not run. So I chose never to run. And of course I meet my wife and she's like a marathon runner. And I'm like, Hey, you're hot. She goes, uh, why are you talking to him? I'm like, well, I think I want to take you on a date. She goes, go on a run with me. I'm like, crap, right? <laughs> and so like that was the barter system. So we headed off. We started dating. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Jokingly, one day I said, one day, I said, if you, if you marry me, I would run a marathon with you because she would run three or four marathons a year, right? Well, 
fast forward a few months after that, I proposed to her and she said, yes. And we got married nine years later. I had yet to keep my word hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. I'd yet to keep my word and run that marathon with her. So at three marathons a year, nine years, do the math. Like I had plenty of marathons I could have run with her. I didn't. One day uh, I was just compelled to like text her and go, Hey, when's your next marathon? And she goes six weeks from now. I'm like, you know what? Sign me up. She goes, why don't you do a half marathon? I'm like, woman, sign me up for the full marathon. I'm going to do this with you. Man so I hired a running coach and I literally in six weeks trained for and ran the San Diego rock and roll marathon with her. And all of a sudden I'm like, holy crap. I had put myself in a box saying that I'm only designed to do this. And how often in life do we do that? Oh, I'm, I'm clumsy. I'm fat. I got fat genetics. I've got, we put ourselves in these stupid boxes or family members have put us into these boxes where, Hey, you're not good at math. And therefore you accept that fact, you accept the narrative, and then you go looking for evidence to prove it. So I had accepted the fact that I'm not good at running because I'm a big muscular guy. And I find the evidence by deadlifting and squatting a shit ton of weight and then getting winded when I just run across the supermarket to buy a T-bone steak. But (laughs) that's what happens when you, don't train cardiovascularly, right? Like surprise, surprise. So all this to say, so I'm talking about all these different challenges that I've done. Like, so I didn't know how to surf. So six week surf challenge, uh, MMA challenge for six weeks, jujitsu, you name it, rock climbing. And talked about it in my book, Man Up, and how they've impacted my life beyond the just that discipline. So I would pick something that I would say I'm not good at or I'm not meant to do, and I would do it and get good at it in six weeks. And if I liked it, I stuck with it. If I didn't, you could imagine I've only run one marathon in my life. <laughs> um, that's the truth. So people who were buying my books were like, hey, you should start some kind of a six-week challenge for us. I'm like, dude, I told you all the different ones I do in the book. Go pick a six-week challenge, hire a coach. They'll guide you through it. No, 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 you should start one. So every day I would get these DMs, dozens of them, that you should start something and put us through a challenge. So one day I'm speaking at an event, and um, I meet this guy. And I'm like, hey, uh, you're one of the speakers, right? He goes, yeah. He goes, you're the keynote. I go, yes, I'm the keynote. He goes, well, I'm here to not only – he goes, I'm speaking for free because I want to hear you speak. I'm like, cool, what do you do? He goes, I can't tell you. like, okay, that's weird. Uh, I own gyms. You know what I do? What do you do? He goes, I work for a three-letter agency. So after digging a little bit, found out that he was a contractor for the CIA, former Navy SEAL, Ray Cash Care. And uh, so – I made friends with him and I'm like, listen, I'm thinking of starting this, like this, this kind of three day experience where I take a group of men and put them through uh, physical torture, mental torture, emotional discipline, and then educate them on, on business and time management and productivity and how to start dating their wives again, instead of just, you know, treating their wives like second class citizens, et cetera. <clears throat> Everything that I used to be right. And he's like, Oh, I could, I could run all the physical parts. But then I had a, a friend who's a a Marine. And I'm like, Hey man, could you help me with this? He goes, I'd love to. And then I met a guy who's a SWAT operator. And I'm like, Hey, it'd be cool to teach these guys like pistol and rifle tactics where we're not just beating them up the whole time. And I'm educating them, but really teaching them fundamental skills that they can learn. So would you be able to teach this? Yes. And then a friend of mine who does MMA, Hey, would you come and teach them how to, you know, hand to hand combat grappling, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. So all of a sudden I had me plus the other four instructors. I had the five instructors and the whole time I was like, we're going to call it, this is going to be this project. It's going to be the 75 hour, 74 hour, 72 hour project. And so the first two classes, we just call it the project, but I had years earlier, I'd read a book called raising a modern day night. When my son was born, my wife's uncle gave me this book called raising a modern day night. And it was about how to raise a chivalrous man. Uh, and I was like, well, shit, I need this book first. So I started reading it so I can start applying it to myself as my son, Andrew was growing up. And so I was like, you know what, this is going to be called the modern day night project. And so what I thought was going to be one or two classes and done and dusted has now become this thing where like over 50% of the graduates get that tattoo on their hand or somewhere on their body. Uh, and listen, man, I've owned so many businesses. I know of three people that have a Fit Body Bootcamp tattoo on their body. Uh, and Fit Body's been around for 15 years. Uh, I don't know anyone who's got a True Lean tattoo. I don't know anyone who's got a Man Up Book tattoo. But half of the graduates go and get this crest, the Project Crest, tattooed on their somewhere on their body because it's that meaningful. Because if you don't ring the bell during the 75 hours and you don't quit, you can quit anytime you want. Um, 
you are part of this brotherhood that focuses on faith, family, fitness, and finance uh, to live a life of fulfillment. And we meet up twice a year, uh, once in Las Vegas, once in San Diego. We really pour into each other. It's become this amazing network where business partnerships have been developed through it. This guy who's a financial planner will help this guy who's got an excess amount of money and doesn't want to pay an obscene amount of taxes. You know, so they, we got from tattoo artists to financial planners, real estate guys, attorneys, <laughs> uh, a world-renowned poker player. Um, <laughs> you name it, influencers with check marks. But the coolest thing about it is they've all gone. We've all gone through this experience of, of pain and transformation and suffering. And so whenever we meet up, we know that you're – you're the kind of guy that gets it. Like you get it. I don't have to go like, does Brian get it or not? I know he gets it and we can talk and rap about the same stuff. And it's just the most meaningful work I've ever done. What's what's the clientele like that for like, like coming in? I mean, are they looking for looking looking at it for more of the challenge? Are they looking at like, hey, I really need this? Um, you know, what what is the idea behind them wanting to join you? Yeah, good. That's that's a good question. So the website does not hide what we do. Like I openly talk about on the sales side, I'm like, look, if you were anything like I was, like Bedros 1.0, uh, then you knew that you had greater potential as a husband, that your marriage was probably on the rocks, that you're wondering if you're doing a great job with your kids and probably repeating the same patterns that your shitty mom and dad are repeating. Not that my parents were shitty. They did the best they could with what they had. But let me tell you, uh, listen, man, in my, in my teens and early 20s, I was carjacking people and doing home invasion robberies. So you certainly don't necessarily... I'm- Look, look at my mom and dad as, as father and, and mother of the year. Um, but I also understand they came broke and they had to just provide and, and I get it. So the sales copy on the website really talks about like, if you're the kind of ga- guy that wants to level up to your highest potential, this is for you. So about 80% of the dudes that come in there want to level up in faith, family, fitness, or finance. 20% think that it's some kind of a Spartan race or mud run that they want to <laughs> win and dominate. And those are typically the dudes that end up ringing the bell because there isn't they their reason to stay is not anchored into something powerful like the spouse, the family, a greater self purpose. It's just like, can I get through this? And when you're cold, wet, and miserable, and you've got an angry sociopathic marine <laughs> and a and a and a just a nutso Navy SEAL who are gifted at bringing the pain and suffering, it doesn't matter. Like we've had world class athletes. Literally, as I'm teaching during a classroom session, like they are not in the mud pit, they're not in the ocean, they're not in the ice bath. As I'm teaching about like the four quadrants of life success, a hand goes up. I'm like, do you need to go pee? Do you need to use the restroom? What do you need? He goes, "Uh, I want to ring the bell and quit. I go, can I ask you why? I'm feeding you hot coffee and teaching you awesome stuff on a marker board. Like there's zero pain. You're eating and drinking hot coffee. He goes, I know that in the next few minutes – this teaching session is going to end and I have no idea what instructor Ray and Steve are going to bring. <laughs> and so I just want to quit and ring the bell. And so going back to the conversation we just had, the inner critic was talking the entire time that I was teaching and he got into his own head. We call it that. We call that the inner bitch. And instead of letting the inner beast crush that inner bitch, he accepted defeat, rang the bell. Uh, so about 20% treated as a mud run or a Spartan race or whatever. And those guys, unfortunately, um, end up ringing the bell. Another 10% end up getting rhabdo. And so we call the ambulance. Uh, we've got two amazing medics who have gone through the project. They're firefighter paramedics. But if your body just goes into rhabdo, it goes into rhabdo. So every class, we call the paramedics at least twice. Um, so 30%, uh, this last class had about 40% dropout rate. But it was like raining and cold and the weather gods were not happy with that class apparently. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. great. We've had this, com- I've had this conversation and we have too. I feel, and we've asked people, we've asked former guests, I really feel deep, I'm going to be honest, that those of us that have been, uh, number one, that have been through a lot of adversity in life and been kicked down and, you know, again, you've, you've had your share. Our favorite up. people. Right. The, mm-hmm. Number one, they're our favorite people. Number two, people that put themselves through real challenges and they do it on purpose. And, you know, Brian and I are both, you know, like ultra endurance athletes and we purposely put ourselves through these 
physical challenges, knowing that it's not just physical. There's no way that we would be able to get through some of the things we get through without knowing there's a bigger purpose. There's a bigger reason. And Brian calls it when he goes for a run, he goes to church. I go, you know, I go out and do things and I'm like, you know, that's when I solve all the world problems, like Mm -hmm. solve everything. Everything is, you know, I could go out and think this is it. I can't even function anymore. I come back and I'm like, all right, I didn't die. Okay. We're good. Everything's new perspective. And I think that I really believe that people who don't do things like this are missing something. Like they're, I don't know what, like I've asked people before and they're like, well, you know, some people are into art and the art gives them the, I'm like, bullshit. The art does not give you the same fucking thing as like, as doing Iron Man or, you know, whatever. (laughs) It's not the same thing. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Look, and uh, you know, it's funny. Brian calls a church. You, you, what, what did you call it? Um, Oh, um, I just, I, I call it church on Sunday. Yeah, that's but, right. Yeah, no, I call it the, I also call it the committee meeting. We all, we, we the committee that lives in my head. We hash things right? out. Exactly. Get, I yeah. solve, I solve all the problems. I have you the meeting, the meeting problems. with myself. I have a, mm-hmm. my mental check. I call it going to the other room. Like there's this other room that you could only access church, the other place, whatever the, the committee. Uh, the, uh, I, I always imagine a door that's camouflaged into the wall with no doorknob that could only be seen when you hit a specific threshold of adversity and suffering where all of a sudden you see through the shit, the bullshit of life. And all of a sudden you're like, there's the door, there's no doorknob, that's the other room, and that's where all the answers are. And that's that's the room I got to go into. It's a little scary. I don't want to go there, but I'm going to go there. And you can only access that room when you're in a state of suffering and adversity. And really the science shows when we have suspended disbelief. You're so fatigued and tired. And people are like, what do you do for the project? First of all, I've gone through every evolution of the project. Secondly, every year on December 5th, the first, well, really the first week of December, I do this thing called Suck Fest, where it's 24 hours of suckiness. This last one was uh, to run a full marathon. So actually, I have run more than one marathon. Right. Fucking hey, I forgot about <laughs> it. Get it together. Yeah. Um, so imagine running a marathon two tenths of a mile at a time, right? So going two tenths of a mile okay, and then stopping and doing two exercises for 15 reps each and then going another two tenths of a mile, stopping, doing two exercises for 15 reps each. And before you know it, when you're done, you've done 26.2 miles because you do that 175 times. You've done 26.2 miles and 4,080 reps. I called it Suckfest. <laughs> and so we raised money for my favorite charity, uh, Shriner Children's Hospital. We had over 70 people do it worldwide with us. Uh, myself and Ed here did it together, uh, my, my, one of my head videographers. But I share this with you because it's the only way you can access that other room. Now, everybody used to do this, believe it or not. When we were cavemen and cavewomen, see, you had no choice. You had to, like, starve for a long time because we know if you've ever done a cleanse, for any long period of time, three, four, five days or longer, you go to that other place in your head, right? You go to church, you, 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 you meet the committee, you, you solve the world problems. So any level of suffering, fasting. So when we were cavemen and cavewomen, we would go through hunger for a long time, thirst for a long time. We would have to fight the saber-toothed tiger in, just to get that fucking apple off the tree and share it with a family of, or a tribe of 20. And we would have to go for miles to carry a hollowed-out piece of log with water in it to our cave and we had to build shelter. We had to do physical stuff where we just fell asleep, tired and exhausted and doing all that physical stuff just to survive as cave people took us to that place where we solved our problems. Psycholo- people are like that doesn't even make sense. Bullshit because psychologically <laughs> that's called bilateral stimulation. The right and left side of your brain need to work together to solve your problems, the traumas. Like I've been sexually molested when I was a kid. I was sexually molested as a kid. I found that when I was in the gym working out with repetitions, if I was swimming, I did anything that was repetitive, biking, I would go to that happy place where I would start solving my problems. Years later, the actual therapeutic modality is called EMDR. It's an actual therapeutic modality where you hold these little things and it goes tick, 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 creates rhythm and through bilateral stimulation both sides of your brain work together to solve your problems so imagine the caveman did hard shit to find that other room or church or the committee and through bilateral stimulation 
because I'm sure they saw their baby was born one second, dies the next second because there was no hospital. The little tribe of men that went out to hunt, half of them got killed by the saber-toothed tiger uh, only for the, the rest to be able to live. Like, they saw traumatic shit. So as they would run and do things, they would go to that place to solve their problems. If you wonder why society has so much depression, so much anxiety, so much mental health issues, I'm not saying all mental health issues are a byproduct of this. I'm saying majority of mental health issues are a byproduct of not doing hard shit, not suffering, not taking your place yourself to that place of, of really solving your problems through bilateral stimulation. We live in a life of comfort now and convenience where we could just order our burritos right off of here and then track the motherfucker <laughs> on the map and see how long it takes until they get here. We can use Instacart uh, through convenience. And I want the bananas with just enough brown spots. That kind of fucking living creates so much problems and disorder in humanity because we're supposed to problem solve. But we have run out of problems, so we begin to create our own. Ba-boom. Oh my gosh! There's so there's so much, Bedros. We could go on forever, <laughs> I believe. And um, you know, you're in good company over here. With uh, it was really bad that you just told me about Suckfest. Suckfest. That was She starts tapping start, me on the shoulder. She's like, Suckfest. Suckfest is going to be great. So, I mean, yeah. One of the one of the things we did for charity it was when I hit my 40th birthday. We did we did a 40 40 for for charity. And we have a scholarship that we give each year for Two Fit Crazies. And um, we did, we raised money, you know, help people get healthy by running um, 40 miles in the 0.5 loop around my block, <laughs> which right. has elevation. I you know? love that. So that was uh, Brian at the at some lap we were on. She says to was, me, she, no, she says to me, you don't have to do the whole thing if you don't want to. Um, you know, you could just jump in and do a little bit of it. And I said, fuck you, motherfucker! Like, 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 how dare you? <laughs> you know. Um, but on my, you know, on on like mile thirty nine, Brian's like, I think I'm in another world. Uh, we were in the spirit world. We were in the spirit. You know? world. But, but that's, look. That's awesome. That's what we do. And we put our money where our mouth is. And we want to make sure that people know, you know, you come to us for something we are, we're putting ourselves out there. And that's, you know, that's what I really appreciate about, you know, about you that here's my story. Here's what I've been through. I'm going to unapologetically be who I am and own it. And I'd like to say that everything that we and help go you. through. Yeah. Right. Not just like be, be, be and, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, be a jerk, <laughs> you know, I'm going to help you. So, yeah. oh man. Um, with that said, speaking of help, please, can you, before we forget, tell our listeners from everywhere, every facet of this universe, where they can go to find you, to find coaching, to find about, Oh my gosh, the modern day night project. I am challenging our listeners right now to go out and take a look at this because we want to hear. So where can they go to find all this? Yeah, I'll, I'll make it very easy. And I appreciate you uh, allowing me to give this plug. Um, two simple places. Instagram, they could just follow me at bedrosekulian. Or they could just go to bedrosekulian.com where they could see everything that I have and have to offer. And they can go down whichever rabbit hole they want. All in the show notes, folks. Get on it. Uh, Bedros, thank you very much. Uh, this is uh, fantastic. I feel... Uh... Wait, he's not leaving without one last golden uh, okay, nugget okay. for yeah, our listeners. A, all right, a pearl. The guy's got a patty. He's going to get a patty melt. We talked about this. Right? <laughs> Go ahead. One, one last golden nugget. It... I've been fasting, by the way. That, that's why I was like, I'm, oh. I'm so eager to eat. I've been fasting Where for several Where do you get a patty now. melt from? <laughs> that's like, the... What is that? A <laughs> friendlies thing? What is that? There's a restaurant out here called The Habit. So uh, my fast ends tomorrow tomorrow morning when I wake up so uh, sometime at lunch I'll be eating a patty melt or 10 <laughs> you made me hungry whatever I do that's why if I ever take on a cocaine habit I'll just like I'll overdose and die so I have to focus oh on God. the good things that's, there you go alright uh, one last one last golden nugget for our pearl. listeners give us a pearl, pearl. sure sure um, so this is something that's going viral right now on TikTok actually I just posted it this morning so it's still fresh in my mind I was on Nick Bear's podcast um he has a uh, BPN supplements, but um, he asked me like, what's, what's stopping people from achieving their highest purpose and potential in life. And I, and I said the story, the story that they just tell themselves. And 
that story really is written by mom and dad, right? When we're born, you don't have the pen. Someone else has the pen. They decide that Pedro's, uh, well, he's chunky. He's clumsy. He's, he's slow at math. Uh, he's, uh, his favorite color is going to be this, and we're going to dress him up in this. Like people write your narrative because you're a child, you're helpless. And uh, even through elementary school and at high school, you realize that you kind of believe that story. of, And so you create this upper limiting, this glass ceiling. You begin to create this upper limiting belief system about yourself. And I have to remind folks that, you know, in your book of life, you could either continue to keep reading all those pages that other people wrote not knowing who the fuck you were, because even your parents, even my parents, and I don't know my my own beautiful daughter's and son's heart. I don't. I know what makes Chloe up. I have an idea of what makes Andrew up, but I don't know what's in their heart. And the human heart is amazing in its depth and its capacity. And so while I can say Chloe is going to be a, a, a YouTube sensation because she's just a big ham and whatever, and Andrew's going to be a rocket scientist or an athlete because he's so brilliant and so physically capable – I don't know what their heart calls for, but whatever I wrote and their mom wrote in their book of life, they've got all all these different pages left. But most of us are always reading through those pages that other people wrote, not realizing that at some point the pen was handed back to us and we have all these blank pages left and we can write how the story goes from this day forward. And that story is what's limiting most people from achieving their higher purpose and potential. That is amazing. (laughs) And that goes back to what the lowest um, form of conversation is when you say, Mm. uh, remember when, right? Yeah. I remember hearing hearing you talk about that at some point. Uh Yeah. Tony Soprano uh, once said that uh, remember when is the lowest form of conversation that any two people can have. And it's not to say that you shouldn't think back to some good old days, but if you are stuck living in your good old days, in other words, the best of you are behind you, uh, you're fucked. I like to live in this never peak mentality, never peak. The best is yet to come. And, you know, I, I, I can't wait to learn another language when I get older and I can't wait to see more of this planet. And I can't wait to have even greater impact in my nineties than I'm having today. And one day I'll go to sleep and I just won't wake up versus, you know, slowly dying off. And it's that never peak mentality that I'm after versus the remember when conversations. That's my, my wedding song by Frank Sinatra. The best is yet to come. There you go. Mm. Another guy from the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much, man. This is, uh, this has been fantastic. Uh, goosebumps on several occasions throughout this conversation, just for me personally. And, uh, you know, it's just been, uh, uh, really just enlightening and, and good fun. And it's not the last you've heard of the Two Fit Crazies. So. No, it's definitely not. I'm going to see you guys at Suckfest for sure. Suckfest. Bring it. Let's go. I'm... Oh, man. All right. With that said, it is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.